Hey everyone, welcome in to a, another daily editorial here on the KE Report. We're chatting with Joel Alconin, co-host of the Benzinga Pre-Market Prep Show. And we're going to start off by focusing on the AI trade, which, look, let's face it, still extremely strong and still seemingly driving these markets higher. This week was a big week because we had NVIDIA's earnings released. And, well, it seemed weird that they could even surprise to the upside. But just look at the market reaction after those earnings. NVIDIA's earnings were very strong, which just goes to show that maybe this AI trade is going to stick around for a little bit longer. Joel, I know you've been paying close attention to this AI trade and the sector in general. What were your thoughts on NVIDIA's earnings this week? Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, thanks for having me. I mean, is artificial intelligence really anything new? Uh, my wife's been telling me that I, I have artificial intelligence for a long time. So, uh, you know, is it really new? Well, you got the chips, man. And it is demand is demand. And they have the supply and it's just flying off the shelves. So, you know, they're at the heart of it. They're a little bit, a little bit. The initial knee jerk reaction was down is because what people looked at is that, you know, the revenue in the EPS didn't uh, increase by as much on a percentage basis. But look how much they've been ratcheting up their guidance. So if the guidance would have stayed where it was before, then those numbers wouldn't have been exaggerated. You know, people are still out there trying to short the stock and, you know, they got a little bit of, you know, a look for glory yesterday and then the buy the dippers came in and uh, and do what they do. It took it to a new old time high and a new old time high by a wide margin. Uh, you did get a little bit of selling today. It got as high as 823.94 and then traded as low as 775. I, the word of caution here for investors, if you're in an NVIDIA, if there is such a word and such a stock, is uh, what, I, what I had been observing the most in this was uh, way back in November. Or actually, you can go back on the monthlies and you can look at the price action uh, right around the $500 level. And that capped it in July, August, pretty much September. You bumped your head against it in November, December. Once it finally busted through, there was no looking back. Uh, no such uh, price action at 600. It, it broke through it. It consolidated a little bit, blasted through 700, and then you had a little bit of a pullback, a little nervousness going into the report. Will 800 be the magnet? Will 800 be the 500 of long ago? There's also rumors that they might split the stock. So, Man, it's hard to bet against it. Also, you know, analysts probably still have their price targets too low. Uh, but right now, um, that all-time closing high, uh, that was from yesterday. And that came in at 785.38. You're still poised to post a new all-time closing high today, as long as you can close above that. But I think investors are a little, you know, afraid of heights here should focus on, you know, see if we can consolidate and hold, maybe get an established bid around the $800 level. Joel, I appreciate the breakdown of NVIDIA, but let's throw two more at you in the AI space that have gotten a lot of traction, get a lot of chatter, advanced micro devices, AMD, and also the wild ride from super microcomputers, SMCI. What do you think about those stocks? 
Uh, start with AMD. AMD is like a smaller company, right, from a market capitalization standpoint. So, you know, it's easier for that to have a big move. It just caught a nice bid off the uh, off their own earnings, which were okay. And then you had follow through from the NVIDIA. That's given back a little bit today. That one is a little bit easier to follow technically because it is a low, uh, you know, lower price stock, and it will tend to make you know uh, consolidate and also give you more tradable patterns. And that's exactly what it's given you today. Uh, yesterday's high eighty three eighty three. Today's high came up just uh, three pennies below that at eighty three eighty. So. Not calling a double top, but calling the double top here. Keep an eye on that closing price from yesterday, 181.86. I believe that was the old-time closing, old-time closing high price in AMD. That's what the big boys look at. SMCI, I mean, if you have a weak heart, that's not a stock for you to be trading. Uh, it just got, you know, and I got to note this. The day that it topped out, the the first day prior to that, Bank of America comes out, price target, 1060, it's going there, tax on 100 bucks, and then I think the next day, Wells Fargo came out with like an underweight, you know, or overweight, and had some kind of ridiculous price target too, so the street put a top in on that one, uh, you had the precipitous fall, uh, nice gain yesterday. There's an offering. If you're worried about the offering, don't be too worried about the offering. It's a convertible offering. Up to $1,300 is the convertible price. I don't know if I'd have the appetite to be buying that, but um, just a little bit, maybe just a little bit of a cool reception to the offering, even though it's not like they're jamming you know, stock down people's throat at like 800 or something like that. But, uh, I mean, these stocks have had some tremendous runs. The technicals have changed now because it's just not blue skies ahead. You have people that, you know, just kept on chasing it. They're caught. You have people that bought the dip that are trying to get out. Uh, so it technically, uh, the lows for SMCI, what I personally would be looking at in this stock is the low from yesterday and the low for today, 834, 824. I think you're still good to go north as long as you had that. Let's just call that 830. Uh, but just uh, you know, a tremendous run for stock. You finally got that big, ugly red candle. Let's see how it finishes the month. Yeah, AI in general. Hey, all bulled up there. People are making money in AI. Let's give some airtime to some of the bears out there looking at maybe some of these sectors that are lagging. We've talked about small caps and small caps are still kind of stuck within almost that breaking out territory, but not quite there yet. What are some of the negatives that you're looking at out there, Joel, to fly in the face of all the bulls saying, man, this is a great time. You got to be all in. Uh, rates, rates. That's I mean, if you overlay the TLT or the 30 year bond chart with the IWM, they're almost the, you know, exact uh, mirrors of each other. Your TLT, you know, topped out you know, a month or so ago that pulled back. It's have the bonds are having a good day today, but I, I just think the market just got way too ahead of, ahead of itself with that dovish pivot looking for March cut, March is off the table. 
Now they're pulling May off the table. Now they're talking about June. In June, they'll be talking about October. Until you see some kind of uptick in the unemployment rate or some punk GDP numbers. I mean, I, I was surprised by the timing of the pivot and what he did with you know at the market levels. Uh, so I think right now, you know, bond traders were ahead of it. They got ahead of the trade, and now they're they're being a little bit more conservative. The other thing too uh, that will affect the small caps going right back to interest rates, the CPI, the PPI after several months of going in the right direction. They were a little bit hot. So, you know, stable, people say higher for longer. People say, oh, they got to cut. I'm just saying, hey, let's just stay right here. Let the market digest the biggest, you know, percentage increase in rates that you've had in years. Let it filter through the system. Let it see how it affects the banks and then take it, you know, take it from there. But, uh, you know, I'm not super hawkish and I'm certainly not super dovish. Well, Joel, one more topic we were talking about off mic, and we've had a, a few other people bring this up. There is an uptick in insiders selling shares of their stock, <laughs> most famously recently Bezos selling some Amazon. But we've seen it in other companies. Is that a warning sign to you? Is it just uh, time for tax season? How are you looking at some of the insider selling? I think what's making people nervous about the Bezos sales is that he did that in 2007 when you guys were back in elementary school. And that really top tick the market. So I think they're a little bit worried about that. You know, insiders sell for a lot of different reasons, right? Tax reasons. I know his divorce is over with and whatnot, but you know, diversification, tax purposes, you know, just planned sales. I mean, these sales might've been, you know, his accountant might've said, Hey buddy, you need to sell some of this stock. And, you know, not so much that your know, direction of the investment. So, or direction of the market, selling into strength, right? What's wrong with selling into strength? So that's what he's doing. I've seen that in some other companies. Jamie Dimon unloaded some stock too. So I think I think it's it's a good caution, but I don't think you can use it as a red light to say, oh, the mar-, you know, the insiders are nailing the top. There's nothing technically that I can see in the market that would say that we're at a top, but you don't really know until you know. But uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be overly concerned uh, with the Bezos or the Jet. Also, if you look at his percentage of holdings, I think it was like three or four percent of what he owns. I think he dumped like I don't know. Look at the percentages. I think it's less than five percent of his holdings. Now, if he sold twenty five or thirty or half or got flat. I think that would be a little bit more of a warning signal. Or if he continues to do it, you know, we'll see if, um, you know, you got to sell in the strength. Better to sell in the strength than in the sell in the weakness. Yeah, that's a very good point. And you know what? We are seeing a fair bit of strength out there, though. And one thing that when I take a step back, look around, we have international markets. Those are doing well. Even the sectors that we hear that are lagging these markets I am not seeing a whole lot of sectors, if any, at 52-week lows. Joel, am I wrong on this? Am I missing a sector that is crashing right now? Or is yeah, you are. you are. You are. Which one? Solar. Solar. Oh, cool. <laughs> you got me. You got me. But okay, solar at maybe 52-week lows. Everything else, at worst, is just hanging in there. This just seems very bullish to me. 
Well, I mean, I, I mean, right now, man, you got to, you know, you got to go with the lady you took to the prom, right? You got to go with your date and your date is just not with the laggards right now. And, you know, it's hard to do, you know, oh, I can't hop on that now, but, you know, wait for good stocks and reasonable valuations to have declines much easier said than done. But like over the years, I mean, just, I mean, look at, this solar edge or this first solar. Once again, what's the culprit? The culprit is higher rates. People are not financing these projects. It's not affordable. It was affordable at, you know, a half percent, one percent, one and a half, two percent. Not affordable now. So projects are being canceled. You know, they're having to reduce earnings. Uh, I don't know if the, you know, if we're losing uh, the sun or anything. Uh, we did put somebody on the moon going in the opposite direction. But, you know, once again, you know, if it's an economically sensitive sector that it needs, you know, fluctuates with rates and, you know, people have to borrow money for these big ticket items, then you got to beware, buyer beware. Well, Joel, one more market that we got to get your thoughts on. We always like to check in with you on the S&P 500, on the technicals. You watch <laughs> that market like a hawk. How you looking I, at it, man? Oh, man. I mean, it's so funny because I, you know, I do my daily levels and, you know, sometimes it takes, you know, you know, sometimes it takes me a while. Sometimes you get congestion in the market, but it's easy to do the resistance because there ain't any. Okay. You have a high today, and one thing, I I know I'm with you guys on Fridays a lot, the propensity of the market to make a new higher low for the week on a Friday, I wish I had some artificial intelligence that would follow that and design a system. You're making a new all-time high, a new high for the week, 51.2350. I'm just concentrating on the close now, and it looks, I mean, there's still... Uh, an hour and five minutes left in the session. But, you know, that all-time closing high from 50, 97, 75 will look like the best that. Maybe we'll get a little pause here at 5,000. Uh, the other thing I would do to look if, you know, if you're worried about the S&P or for your related instruments, I always say try and focus on the highest low of the move because it just can't keep making higher highs, higher lows, and higher closes. Right now, the low for the day, S&P, is 50.92. That's only 10 handles away. But, you know, right there, that would be, you know, if I you know, was worried about a long-term position, I would see how it reacts at that level on Monday. And Friday's closing prices are also very important. Joel, always great chatting with you. Thanks for adding a bit of life to our Fridays with your market commentary. I'll post a link to your website, pre-market prep, where everyone can follow along with you, and we will chat again next week. So, Joel, have a great weekend. Okay, thank you, guys.